Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. Whatever it is you want is going to require you to change in some way. That change is going to require you to depart your current normal and create a new one. The difficulty you have moving to that new normal is your attachment to your current normal. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. Last week, we discussed why one of our greatest strengths as human beings, our ability to adapt to almost any situation, doesn't always serve us or the people we manage. And really, as a species, we've allowed an entirely dysfunctional normal to take root, characterized by a constant state of war and conflict in our world. So today we're going to inquire into what we're accepting as quote-unquote normal in our daily lives. And if your current paradigm isn't serving you, or if it's contributing to the dysfunctional normal of humanity, this is your opportunity to decide that it's not okay and start envisioning a new normal. And hey, listen up. We've got a brand new live course starting today. It's a good one, so I don't want you to miss out. It's called The Art of Self-Management, How to Make Work Not Suck. If you're sick and tired of slogging through the week and working for the man and feeling like you never make any real progress, then chances are this course could literally change your whole outlook on life. Because let's face it, work really does suck a lot of the time, but it doesn't have to. In this 11-week course, I'm going to show you how to get your nagging boss off your back, how to nix your self-sabotaging ways, and how to start using your job to become the envy of all of your friends and family. Like really and truly change the way you relate to work so that you never again feel like you're stuck in the rat race. Sound impossible? Signed up for the course, and I'll prove to you that it's not. The course officially opens today, September 6, 2018. Register now for the live course, weekly live coaching calls, and access to the private Slack group for students, not to mention a few special bonuses. Join now before it's too late. You can find out more at clearandopen.com slash work dash sucks dash course. Thanks for listening. I'll hope to see you in the course. So that marketing campaign, Make America Great Again, tapped into people's fear of change. While they said, things need to be different. We need to shake things up, which is actually not what they wanted. What they wanted was things to stay comfortable, according to whatever that meant. So what does this have to do with you? So what I argue is there's some normal that you're living your life in, that everyone's living their life in, that is not serving you. Some normal you've accepted. Chronic overwhelm, for example. So, Margarita, when I asked you why you were late and we were talking about that, I could tell, and you were communicating pretty clearly through your tones and through your body language, that being a little bit late isn't really that important to you. It's normal because it happens all the time. You hurriedly arrive somewhere a minute or two late. You weren't horribly late, but that's normal for you. 
what's the price you're paying for that normal? Do you enjoy that normal? So you have an opportunity to decide that that normal is not okay anymore and create a new one. Whatever change, whatever result you're wanting, right? Everybody, well, not everybody, but I think everybody has dreams at essence. They maybe are not aware of them in expression and actually actively pursuing them. But, you know, when people say like, well, I want to have a million dollars and I want to have houses around the world and I want to be able to travel and do whatever I want. Okay, cool. Those are the things that you want. Do you realize you're going to have to give something up to have those things? You're going to have to lose some normals. And even though losing those normals might in one way be a good thing, right? If you're used to hurriedly arriving a little bit late all the time, you might say, well, it would be great to not have that be normal. I'd love to just effortlessly be on time everywhere. Don't be too sure. Because there's a price to pay for any change. For example, when you're on time all the time, you're going to have to deal with the frustration of 80% of all the people that you deal with being late all the time and you're waiting around for them. That becomes your new normal. I speak from experience. Because I'm, I'm on time 99.5% of the time. And that means whenever I go somewhere, wherever I show up, Everyone else is late compared to me. Not everybody else, but you get the idea, especially on Maui, where when somebody says three o'clock, they mean possibly as late as 4.30. And if you give them shit about it, you're unspiritual and they're offended. And so then it's like, that's your new normal. Okay, I'm on time. And how am I going to relate with these people who are offended at an existential level when you say, boy, it would have been nice if you texted me that you were going to be late and they're angry at you now. Oh, okay. And that becomes your new normal. And then you have to learn from that. The more money you have, the more money management there is to do and the higher the penalty is for screwing that up. Any of you ever experienced that? Suddenly you have a little bit more money than you used to. You're making more money and then you realize what bigger responsibility is to manage it. Want to not just have a job and lead your own company? Well, you're going to have all those people below you. That's an enormous amount of responsibility. Responsibility that you feel 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So people generally have this idea that when they have more money or more power, that they'll have more freedom. And by freedom, they mean less responsibility. But actually, that's not so. Quote we get from Voltaire, usually uh, attributed to Spider-Man, which I think is hilarious. With great power comes great responsibility. Fits well on Voltaire or Spider-Man. I mean, Spider-Man's as great of one of the world's teachers as Voltaire is, surely, in some ways. Spider-Man taught us about caretaking. Many people don't actually see it that way. But... uh, Every superhero has a a kind of psycho-spiritual lesson for us. And Spider-Man's is, he's driven by the guilt of letting, of what he thinks is letting his uncle die because he didn't act. So now he's coming from a caretaking place all the time, which is, his story is, uh, anyone that I love will become in danger. 
So he thinks that the danger that they're exposed to is actually his responsibility. And for many, many issues of Amazing Spider-Man, he uh, had this push-pull relationship with the love of his life, MJ, because if he spent time with her and let her know who he really was, then she would inevitably end up on the brink of death. Never getting that actually she is a human being is free to choose whether to risk her own life in that way. You see how misogynistic that actually is? It's actually profoundly disrespectful to the woman in that case. I'm not seeing any nods. You're not following that? He treated her like a child. He needed to say, MJ, I'm Spider-Man, and I'm afraid that if I spend time with you, then you know whatever villain of the week there is, is going to capture you and hold you hostage and threaten to kill you, you know, like has happened all those times before. So do you still want to be with me? Just say so, and then I'll stop caretaking you and treating you like a child. But he never does that because he's projecting the guilt of his uncle onto her and he's over-responsible. Causing Spider-Man to be in a constant state of what? Chronic overwhelm. That's his normal. Normal for Spider-Man is having to save the day and it being all his responsibility and people not being able to take care of themselves. Same with Superman, who's a classic Jesus figure, right? Superman isn't even human, right? He's from another planet. And he feels responsible for saving the day all the time. Remember that? I forget which movie it was. Third one, fourth one, where he takes all the nuclear weapons and throws them into the puts them in a big net in space and then swings it around and throws them all into the sun. Like as if that would have solved the problems, right? They just build a bunch of new weapons, right? But can you imagine if Superman were to get, you know, at that time it was uh, the Cold War, so get the leaders of the um, United States and, and Russia together in a room and said, okay, guys, I just threw all your nuclear weapons in the sun. Yeah, thanks so much. That's terrific. And he goes, no, 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 no. I'm never doing that again. So we're going to sit at this table until you guys figure something out and I'm not leaving. I'm not even going to mediate. I'm just going to sit over here in the corner and twiddle my thumbs while you guys actually work this out. Because you've been, I've been enabling you. I've been enabling the entire human species to not solve its own problems. Because normal for you is being in a constant state of war. That's the human species normal. That's normal. Forever. What's your contribution to the dysfunctional normal of the human race? Whatever you want to change, or let's start with this, whatever you want is going to require something in you to change. You want more money, you want more time, you want a different position, you want to work somewhere else, you want your own business. Whatever it is you want is going to require you to change in some way. That change is going to require you to depart your current normal and create a new one. The difficulty you have moving to that new normal is your attachment to your current normal. There's this great line in the play Waiting for Godot where one character says to the other, I can't go on like this. And the other one says, that's what you think. And that, to me, is one of the essences of the human condition. We complain about not being able to go on with what we have, but we do. 
it's actually way easier. The devil you know, right? The discomfort, the chronic overwhelm, the whatever it is that you're dealing with, whatever that difficult normal is, you tell yourself you don't want it. You tell yourself you want it to be different. Do you know the average number of times uh, a woman leaves a abusive mate before she finally leaves him? 11. 11 times. No, someone who's not been in an abusive relationship can't understand that. But I know what that's like. I've been in a situation like that. And part of the reason it takes us so, it takes, it's so difficult to create that new normal is because we're terrified of change. And again, this is the shadow side of how incredibly adaptable we are. This would not be possible unless we had this incredible adaptability. And then our defenses use it and go, oh, Change is scary. This difficulty, I can adapt to this. And it's great that you can. It's great that you can survive an abusive relationship in one way. But at a certain point, it can become problematic because you're so busy surviving it, you forget that it can be different. Or a crappy job or an employee who's working for you who really needs to go. You know, I've been coaching businesses for 16 years now, and probably I'd say the top three answers to people's problems, it's usually firing someone who's been working there a long time, because that's a kind of dysfunctional relationship. And like, fire Johnny, he's been here since the beginning, right? He's been here 15 years. How could we get, you know, it's like, I can't imagine coming to work and not seeing their face. Okay, what kind of results are they producing? And that's it. So the, the path to creating a new normal is usually incremental. But it may help you to know that that's what you're doing. You know, when we talk about creating new habits, I really don't like the, the term habit because the idea of a habit is opposite the idea of a choice, right? If, if you're trying to quit caffeine, for example, you, you have a caffeine habit. Well, what is a caffeine habit? It's a choice to use caffeine every day or multiple times a day. When you say, well, it's a habit, I do, it's just a habit. It makes it sound like you're not choosing anymore. It's like you've got a habit tattooed on you. Yeah, look at this habit, check it out. Got this habit now. Oh yeah. Well, you're trying to quit. Yeah, but it's a habit. Like it's it's on me. I got it. Like the flu. You know. Instead of really realizing that all a habit is is a, a set of largely unconscious choices that you're kind of playing victim to. Now, maybe a difficult situation, just like the habit of being chronically late. That's a habit too. That's why I was asking Margarita all those questions about where's the choice? Where's the choice? And you didn't actually know where those choices were. And that's not only fine, that's totally predictable. Because if you did, 
you would have changed it already. You see? So it's about connecting the dots. When you have a negative outcome in your life, ask yourself, how do I do that? Because right? when things are not working well for us or we're not getting what we want, we tend to think in terms of, well, that's happening. That's happening. That's happening to me. We don't look in terms of, well, how am I creating that? How am I contributing to that? Right? So I'm cold right now. I'm cold right now. I could say, well, it's 60 degrees and that's unseasonably cold for Hawaii. But how did I make it that I was cold? Well, I woke up, I got out of bed, I noticed that it was cold, and I put on the kind of clothing I put on every other day. <laughs> that was dumb. Right? Why did I do that? Because somewhere in my mind, I hoped it would warm up. Despite looking out my window and seeing all these clouds, despite seeing the weather forecast yesterday, seeing that it was not going to be sunny, it was going to be cold again. And I get out and the habit was put on the kind of clothes you normally put on, which includes excluding socks. And my feet are freezing right now. But I made that choice. How did I do that? By being in denial of reality. Because what was bigger than reality was my virtual reality that said, I don't want it to be cold anymore. I want it to be summer. This sucks. As if somehow putting on not warm clothes would influence that, right? That's delusion. Do you see how crazy that is? That's, but if you really slow down the video, it's like, you know, I was a little sleepy when I got up. It's not an excuse, but that's how this kind of illogic can have some space in you. You know, generally we only think pretty well about six hours a day at best. The two hours before and after uh, sleep are, are some of our worst critical thinking moments, right? That's why you shouldn't make any big decisions within two hours of being asleep. It starts just by seeing like, wow, where's my delusion? It's been 60 degrees in the morning for six days straight and I'm walking around my house cold every day. It takes me until 10 o'clock in the morning before I'm like, okay, fine. it's going to be another cold day. Let me put some, the right clothes on. That's delusion. That's a virtual reality. That's rejection of the truth. Start to hold yourself to a higher bar. And look at that and slow down the videotape and see like, oh, exactly how am I causing this dysfunction in myself, this discomfort? Now, me being a little cold, it's not the end of the world. You know, if I end up with the flu tomorrow, then that'll be the lesson I get, I guess. But really, it's not that cold. It's only 60 degrees after all. Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that Clear and Open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. If you want to help the show grow, I'd appreciate you leaving a rating and review on iTunes. All you have to do is open the Apple Podcasts app, view the full description of the episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review. Or you can go to clearandopen.com slash review, and it will bring you to the right place. If you're looking for more support on your journey, head over to clearandopen.com for even more tools, articles, and free resources. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.